Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. I'm Carter Baum and coming up on this week's episode, we look back on the opening three game road trip out west, what's happening around the league. Chris Foster sits down for a conversation with Jack Johnson and much more coming up right now on Blackhawks Insider presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Welcome into Blackhawks Insider, Carter Baum, Colby Cohen, Chris Vosters, and Kaylee Chelios with you all once again. Uh, everyone, it's great to be back. And I forgot to mention this last week, but this is a great show because uh, all four of our names start with the letter C. <laughs> it's a C show. Actually, we want to be an A show. But uh, thanks, for everyone, for coming back in today. How's everyone doing this week? Chris, a great observation, Carter. I think uh, something with yeah, the, all of the C's. We got to work that into the into the title of the podcast. I think. But, and but you're Chevy. right. We're, yeah, and yeah. Chevy. Great point. We're, we're, we're definitely going for an A <laughs> show for sure. Kaylee, how's it going? It's good, Carter. I never put together that we're all C's, so I'm proud to be a C with all of you. It used to be C squared and I from uh, Edzo and and uh, on the on the studio, so it's it's nice to be a, a part of something a lot bigger. You're not the only C squared here, though. The I guess C- you got Colby. Yeah, that's right. The, the C squared wasn't big enough, so we gotta we gotta add it all around. Quadruple squared. Well, well quadruple. we're here. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're here. Uh, little over a week into the season. Blackhawks' first three games under the belt, all on the road. Colorado, Vegas, uh, wrapping it up in San Jose. Uh, Chris, we'll start with you because you were the man on the scene in Colorado, the home opener. You didn't have to work the game, uh, national broadcast, but there, front row seated as, as an observer. Uh, I know we sit down. you sit down with Jack Johnson a little later in the show. We can talk about that, but uh, opening the season, defending cup champions, uh, you deal with the whole pregame ceremony. What was it like out there in Denver uh, on opening night? Well, I think for starters, for e- even though I wasn't broadcasting the game, if there was a game to to sit back and watch, it was this one because it was a Stanley Cup championship celebration ceremony. The Avs raised their championship banner to the rafters. And I think from a Blackhawks perspective, too, I mean, y- you saw the ultimate goal of of where this team is it currently wants to be in the in the not too distant future hopefully so i was able to definitely take it all in in a way that i wouldn't be able to if i was locked in getting ready to call the game and it was cool just seeing colorado avalanche culture i mean the the song all the small things by blink 182 has become somewhat of an anthem for abs fans they they sing it acapella for long stretches during games and I actually saw Mark Hoppus below the arena before the game he was taking pictures with Wayne Gretzky and the TNT crew and so then to see him on the ice do somewhat of an impromptu rendition of that song was was really really cool and definitely brought me back to my middle school days I was a big Blink-182 fan even though I accidentally called him Mike Hoppus on Twitter but it's all good. I promise that uh, I was a fan. And yeah, I know that it, it was cool because it, it happened like the same week that the announcement came out that Blink's coming to the United Center in May. So it definitely made me want to get tickets to that. And, uh, and and again, from an on-ice perspective, too, it was really cool seeing Jack Johnson partake in the championship celebration as well, wearing his Blackhawks jersey. Both the Avs and Jack's teammates with the Blackhawks were great about letting him do that. There was a really cool 
video montage that the Avs played for him in the first intermission as well that, that he said made him really emotional. And all told, he's a great interview. I'm really excited for fans to watch the full interview that we have with him that we'll, of course, show later on in this podcast Great chance to get to know Jack both on and off the ice. And we talk about what it was like being on the ice for the Stanley Cup championship raising ceremony, what he did with the cup, some of his interests off the ice. He's a big ice cream and coffee guy. So it's it's a great interview, and, and I think fans will really enjoy it. I want to get to the similarities between where the Avs came from over the last few years and where the Blackhawks are really embarking right now. But real quick, Colby, I know uh, as a former player, some of those pregame ceremonies – it's not necessarily common uh, common practice for an opposing player to jump on the ice and join his former team. I mean, how unique is that? How uh, I mean, obviously, if there's any time to do it, it's when a Stanley Cup banner is going to the rafters. But how cool was that moment? Just watching. Yeah, it as a I mean, that was player. just a that was such a great moment to see. Um, you know, being fortunate to having got to take take part in a ceremony like that during my playing career and just like thinking about how weird it probably would have been to have another jersey in there but I think what it illustrates amongst the NHL is that uh, you know this is really one group of people that all sort of wear different colors but when they can come together over a common cause you know players really do and I think I think players appreciate just how hard it is to win that trophy and I think it was really exciting, not only for Jack, but I think the Avs players were equally excited for Jack to be there. He's played in the league for 17 years now. You start to root for guys like that who get laid into their career and are, are chasing after their first Stanley Cup. So, you know, visually, it was like weird to see that white Blackhawks jersey in the in the sea of, you know, burgundy and, and blue there. But I thought it was the right move. I thought it was classy, and I just thought it really demonstrated the, you know, the brotherhood that that is, you know, the players. It's funny because he was sitting on the bench. They kept cutting to the camera angle of him sitting alone on the Blackhawks bench, and then it's kind of like all of a sudden he jumped over the boards and went went and joined his 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 former teammates, which is really well, cool. I'm sure there'll be some funny memes of him <laughs> sitting on the bench by himself. I'm, you know, the internet's always undefeated, so I'm sure. I'm sure you heard about it already. Uh, Kaylee, real quick before we uh, we move on to the, some of the other games in the trip, our, our good friend Charlie Romeliotis at NBC Sports Chicago put together a nice little piece the other day, really outlining how the, the Blackhawks might be following in the Avs' footprint. I know it's not necessarily apples to apples, but you remember several years back the Black or the Avalanche had – a franchise worst season, I believe only like 48 points over the course of an entire year. Uh, and now here they are back at the top of the mountain uh, just a couple of years later. I mean, again, it's not apples to apples, but a, a similar uh, hope for the Blackhawks to kind of follow along that same path maybe. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've made it when Blink-182 shows up at your ceremony. <laughs> That's a dream. So very cool. And like you said, I think They've laid out a great blueprint, and before them covering the Tampa Bay Lightning, sort of a similar situation as well. And as excited as fans are for this team to hit this rebuild full swing, the the nature of it is it's not necessarily always going to be a, a three- to five-year situation. And when you look at the Avs or Tampa Bay before them who have put together um, two incredible teams and two teams that now – like Tampa Bay, Colorado could very well 
go on to win another cup, similar to how Chicago did in their heyday, too, winning three cups like that. But it took them really like eight years from when Keith and Seabrook and those guys were drafted and really started uh, to come together, and then Kane and Taze before they went in and won their three cups. So I do think the Avs' blueprint is one to follow, much like Tampa Bay's great coaches. Um, the Hawks obviously are a ways away from winning a Stanley Cup, but a lot of positives to look for and just trusting the process. So I think it's going to be interesting. We, it remains to be seen if these second, third-round picks um, – from Kyle Davidson are, are going to pan out, but that's really the hope here, and that's kind of what happened with Colorado. And they managed to keep their their core assets and then build around them with complementary players season after season. Um, so did Tampa Bay, and that's really the key to it is finding that balance, but just finding complementary good role players and high-character players um, to come in and surround the team. So I'm excited. I think Colorado is a, a great example, like you said, and I really like Charlie's article. I think it was really well said and well written. A lot to look forward to if you're a Blackhawks fan. Yeah, you can read more about that one at NBCSportsChicago.com. And uh, the Blackhawks go from facing one team that went from the bottom to the top to a team that's just always been good since they came into league a few years ago, the Vegas Golden Knights in the second game, opening up the season with a back-to-back. Uh, a one nothing game, we don't have to dive into it too much, but I did want to call out Alex Stalock for an incredible performance there and really keeping the Blackhawks in it in his team debut. Uh, he put himself up there at the top of the league uh, early here in the season with uh, at least some of the goaltending statistics, but uh, a really nice performance from him. And then the Blackhawks get an off day on Friday. They get rested, uh, or rather, uh, you know, a, tr a couple days in between games. Uh, they come back on Saturday night. They face the San Jose Sharks, a team that's also a little bit uh, struggling out of the gate. And, uh, Chris, I mean, I'll toss it back to you on this one. Uh, an incredible pregame ceremony. The Blackhawks get their first win, uh, Luke Richardson's first win as an official full-time uh, head coach behind the bench. I mean, what was that night like in, uh, in San Jose? Well, it, it was really touching. Both teams warmed up wearing number 24 jerseys in honor of Doug Wilson, which from a broadcast standpoint made it a little bit difficult to ID players during warm-ups, but that's okay. It was a great gesture. How are you getting your lines? <laughs> I mean, just everyone it – it's funny. Like, John Wideman and I, the Blackhawks radio announcer, of course, were joking about that because they're, they're one booth over from us in San Jose. And so John at one point kind of reached his head around the partition and was like, hey, did you get the lines? Like, I've got the top line, 24. And, and, and it, was, it was actually, we had a funny moment about that. But had a great statistician named Joel who was able to get the lines for us. So we were, we were all good there. But it, it was really cool, you know, the, the shout-out that Doug Wilson gave to the Blackhawks in his pregame comments he mentioned Troy Murray specifically, of course, one of my broadcast partners and John's as well on the radio side about uh, being his inspiration. Of course, both Troy and Doug dealing with, with medical-related issues right now. So it, it was a great ceremony. I think just the theme of the road trip for the Blackhawks was all of the pomp and circumstances before these games. You go from a Stanley Cup championship ceremony to – the Vegas Golden Knights home opener, and now you have another extended pregame ceremony. And so I think that the way the team was able to shake off a 2 nothing deficit in the first period, score five unanswered goals, and win that game really shows how hard they're playing and, and their level of compete right now under head coach Luke Richardson. And it was great to see him get his first win 
and uh, a really great gesture by Patrick Kane to give Luke the the game puck afterwards. Really cool moment, and uh, I think everyone knows Doug Wilson from the last almost 25 years working in the Sharks organization. Of course, he was their first team captain when they were uh, an expansion team way back in the day. But Kaylee, before that, he spent more than a decade in a Blackhawks sweater. He still leads all defensemen all time in points uh, by a Blackhawk blue liner. I mean, an incredible hockey player back in the day. He's a Hall of Famer because of it. And now he's gone on and, and had an incredible career as a general manager in San Jose, one of the most successful franchises over the last 12, 13, 14 years with him at the helm. Uh, of course, stepping away for medical reasons, but uh, an incredible impact on the game from, from Doug Wilson overall. Yeah, like you said, for a long time, it was dangerous going into that West Coast swing where you face L.A., Anaheim, and San Jose and the Sharks. I mean, they were a contending team for so long. It would have been amazing to see him win a Stanley Cup there. But so deserving of the Hall of Fame. An incredible teammate, player, like you mentioned, his accolades with the Blackhawks. It was pretty cool to see his family on the ice, too, and all of his grandkids. And just... I mean, what he's been able to accomplish, and, and it's unfortunate, you know, we don't know exactly what's going on, that he's having to deal with some medical issues, but so beloved by fans. And I asked Denny Savard about him because he was a lot closer to him than my dad was at the time, and they're still best friends. They go golfing at, at Butterfield Country Club, and they're pretty close, and I respected what he said um, just as a – former athlete on a much smaller scale I always loved when his slogan I guess was you know we all go or we don't go and he was kind of in charge of getting the team together building that camaraderie taking over the Christmas parties the holiday parties and and really leading the charge there so Denny said he took him under his wing and he was you know one of the best players of all time you know when they were playing there among Paul Coffey and just so many other great defensemen so it's really cool. It was great to see him be honored. I thought he did a great job with his speech. Um, shocked he didn't get emotional because it was kind of emotional watching it with his family on the ice like that. So very cool uh, experience on this road trip between the ring ceremony for Jack Johnson and then Doug Wilson to cap it all off. Before we get to, uh, of course, the Blackhawks home opener on Friday, Colby, uh, real quick, your, your your former team out there in Philly where you spent some time uh, after your playing career, they're off to a hot start under John Tor- Tortorella, right? The city of Philly is doing incredible. The Eagles are 6-0, and beating my Cowboys uh, on, on Sunday night. Uh, <laughs> rough one there. But, Colby, what's, uh, what's happening around the league in, in your eyes? What are some things that fans should know uh, overall outside of Chicago? Well, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Torts and the Philadelphia Flyers is probably a good place to start. You look at uh, they're off to a 2-0 and start. I, I would urge anybody and everybody not to overreact to the first two <laughs> or three games of the season. But, you know, that team is certainly playing a lot harder uh, under John Tortorella. And just talking to some of the players that, that are there, they love him. I mean, I think players are so refreshed by having a guy like John Tortorella who – treats every player identically the same. Uh, I don't think that's a a normal circumstance. I think certain players are treated differently by uh, different coaches. I I think that's just how life goes. Uh, Every, everybody is a little different. No, no two are the same. So it's been, it's been a good start there in Philadelphia. And as you mentioned, there's, there's a lot of buzz uh, around South Philadelphia right now. All their stadiums are in basically one parking lot for anybody who has ever seen a sporting event in Philadelphia. And it's, uh, it certainly gets pretty rowdy. I mean, 
you know, the, the, the Flyers or the, the Philadelphia fans are known for, for throwing snowballs at Santa. So you certainly uh, not a lot of love loss when you get to Philadelphia. Um, another one that's been uh, kind of surprising to a lot of people, not to me, just to put that out there, and I have receipts to prove it, uh, is Jack yeah. Eichel and, and the, the Vegas Golden Knights. They're, they're off to a good start. Uh, Eichel's got a, a, a couple of points couple of goals, couple of assists, you know, new, new head coach, Bruce Cassidy really has those guys playing, you know, good structured hockey and, you know, a little bit of a funny side note with the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, obviously the one nothing victory over the Blackhawks last week, but a little competition within the competition. You've got Kevin Dean, who is in charge of the penalty kill for the Chicago Blackhawks going up against his old bench boss, Bruce Cassidy. They spent the last 10 years in Boston and Providence together. Now, Bruce Cassidy's baby is the power play. Kevin Dean is the penalty kill. So the fact that uh, the Blackhawks were able to keep Vegas' power play uh, held to nothing in that game gave uh, our guy, Kevin Dean, a little bit of bragging rights. So uh, another one I think a lot of people weren't expecting with the goaltending situation in, in Vegas being a little bit unsure uh, but Logan Thompson so far up to the test. And the last one, a former teammate of mine teasing a little bit of fun on social media. I'm not sure if anybody saw Brad Marchand had a bit of a cryptic post on social media. Looks like he's doing a little bit of voiceover work for Disney. I'm not really sure. You know, he's got that nickname, Noseface Killer. And, uh, or Killa, I guess, would be the, the more appropriate way to say it. But, you know, Marshy's one of those guys that uh, you hate him when he's not on your team, but when he's one of your guys and he's, he's putting on that jersey, he's, he's pretty beloved within his locker room. What do we think he was doing? I mean, I, if he, he tagged Disney in the post, so little illusion there. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's, he's the next voice of Buzz Lightyear. I mean, they already replaced <laughs> Uh, Tim Allen so why not keep going right he maybe there's developing a character around you know the, the the big schnoz that he has I don't know I mean you know he's he's the one who says it so it's fair game because he he openly talks about it that's fair he that's would make fair. a great Disney villain for sure I feel like <laughs> and like you said Colby I don't know a single person that doesn't like him despite when he's on the ice, like you hate him, but you love him at the same time. I loved covering him. I was there for Lickgate when he licked Brian oh, Callahan, yeah. <laughs> and we were in the locker room right after. And what a situation! But what a cool guy, you know, great person. And like I said, I think he would make a tremendous Disney villain. So that's pretty cool to venture outside the hockey world. Like I'm very excited. I was trying to Google it for a while to figure out what on earth he was doing and I couldn't find anything <laughs> I think it's a good call though Kaylee I think he would make a great like if they made the cartoon version mm -hmm. of Marshawn or or Marshan whatever he's being called this season because he totally does that just to mess with the broadcasters he's openly admitted that by the way um but he would be a good villain I mean you could you could cartoon him up and and you've got you know the guy who's trying to you know overthrow pinky in the brain's master plan in in a, in a Disney show I think you just dated yourself so hard with <laughs> pinky in the brain I don't know I'm any not... of the new I don't know any of the new Disney shows yet I don't have any kids yet so that would I, not I'm... fly on Disney today no. pinky in the brain Creepy. oh really was it bad 
creepy. Go, go back and take a little peek at uh, yeah. Pinky and I mean, the Brain. I haven't you seen might, Pinky and the Brain in like 25 years, so maybe maybe I'll have to check it out. We always laugh and say my two dogs are like Pinky and the Brain, so maybe we need a new uh, maybe we need a new name for them. Colby, you go back and watch. We'll we'll have a recap segment next week and see what you learned from uh, the the 2022 version of Pinky. You're not gonna like what you see as oh, an adult. No. <laughs> Did I just walk myself off of a cliff there, Kaylee? Oh, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't show my kids that show at this point, but it is funny. It was a good show when we were kids. I'll leave it there. Real quickly, okay. wrapping things up, uh, Blackhawks at home, opening up uh, a home-heavy stretch here to close out October with the Detroit Red Wings on Friday night. Uh, a red carpet event before the game, all the players arriving in style. A little birdie has told me that uh, the three of you are going to be involved in, in various roles during that. Uh, what's exciting you about the home opener, just real quickly, before we, uh, we move on to our sellies and chirps? Definitely the, 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 the pomp and circumstance of it, feeling like an awards show or, you know, an Oscar type night. I'm really excited for the buildup that's going on all week. And I know that Kaylee and I have already picked out our outfits for the night and uh, looking pretty snazzy is all I'm going to say. So I think it'll be a lot of fun. Wow. Are you going to be wearing the the Harry Styles glittery uh, tuxedo, Chris? (laughs) No, I was, uh, I I was going to go with the, with the striped, with the striped one that we talked about last week where he looks like a carnival worker or something like that. I think that's more, more my style. Suits you. Okay. Yeah. yeah, That's kind of what I was thinking. Kaylee, any insight into uh, any tease of what uh, your style is going to look like on the red carpet? I'm wearing a very sparkly number, so you will not be able to miss me. I'll say that. Um, Outfit change as well. (laughs) Yeah, Harry definitely inspired my outfit, you'll see. So can't wait. I'll be debuting the red with sparkles. And then um, I can't wait. I think it's going to be awesome. I haven't done a, a red carpet in the NHL in a long time so I can't wait it's gonna be a great night and a really good matchup are you gonna keep it on for the studio show the sparkles my sparkly number I don't think so it would be a little distracting so I think I'm gonna do a quick outfit change into a power suit that's that's my uh I love power suits so that's gonna be my home opening look when we get into studio all right we'll move real quickly through uh through our Segment known as Sellies and Chirps. Uh, we've changed it up just a little bit this week, week two of the season. We're already throwing some curveballs at you. But instead of me tossing out three topics and having you guys go around the horn, we made you do a little homework this week. So each of you has selected one quick topic we can go through. Uh, in the interest of time, we'll, we'll try to move pretty quickly. But, Colby, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you want to toss out there as a Selly or a Chirp uh, for this week? So as I'm watching the MLB playoffs and I'm seeing Anthony Rizzo have all this success, I mean, he had a big uh, couple of big hits in game four to, to get the Yanks to a game five. My question to you guys would be, are we celebrating his success? Are we chirping his success here in Chicago? I feel like every market handles this a little bit differently. I'm from the jaded Philadelphia market where, like I said, they they will throw anything at anyone. They will boo anybody. It's very rare in Philly that people actually are happy for anybody else ever. So I'm wondering, Anthony Rizzo playoff success, Chris, are we celebrating or are we chirping? I, I, think, I think we're celebrating at this point. I, I think that it maybe comes with a little bit of sadness because – to me, Anthony Rizzo was the the face and the the heart and the soul of those Chicago Cubs 
teams that ultimately won the 2016 World Series. So it is odd to see him in Yankee pinstripes or a Yankee uniform, but he was such a beloved figure in Chicago that I think it's appropriate to celebrate the success that he is having with with another team and the fact that it's not like the Cardinals or something like that I, I think also makes it a little bit more palatable so a selly for me and I, I and I think Chicago fans in general to me just seem more forgiving and Kaylee maybe you could shed some insight onto the fact that you know look at your dad your dad was a hall of famer um, he is a Hall of Famer, and he went from the Black, you know, he went between two rival teams. H- how were the Blackhawks fans, you know, when he was in Detroit? And I mean, obviously they love him and they celebrate him now, but, you know, you have some maybe firsthand, uh, you know, knowledge of this situation. Yeah, I think it's different. Like my dad going to Detroit, like he still got booed heavy when he came back to the UC and like he, he used to feel so bad for us, but like, we didn't care. Like, it's not like we took it personally, but it was weird. It was like, why are they all booing him? Cause we were young obviously and didn't really understand the circumstance of the rivalry. But, um, I, Anthony Rizzo is so beloved here. And I think it maybe makes it a little less salty that the whole team was really dismantled when he left. It wasn't like it was just him. It was saying goodbye to a, that, like you said, world series winning team and all those players I felt like were so loved. So I, I mean, you go to Jolasco still and you used to see like Anthony Rizzo's like foundation when you check out and you could donate, like he was everywhere. My dad is friends with him. Just he comes back to Chicago all the time and doesn't he has so many good things to say about him. So I think it's hard not to love him. I can't imagine Chicago fans are salty in any way. He's a cancer survivor. He's done so much for the city. Like, I think everybody just wants to see him succeed. Maybe I'm a little biased, I guess, in that sense. But um, yeah, I think it's a little different than when my dad got traded. He was booed heavy. I don't think anybody's going to boo Rizzo when he comes back. So I do appreciate that in I do appreciate that in one week we went from Colby not being the baseball fan to tossing out a baseball related question. <laughs> great playoffs. Job, the play the playoffs job. the playoffs really got me going and the Phillies being good. I mean, you know, it's been a long time since the Phillies were good. So Chris, Colby just wants what to do you have on deck? what can I say? <laughs> I wake up and think, how can I be more like Chris Foster's the voice of the Chicago Blackhawks? Uh, all right, here's here's my contribution to this segment. It's uh, it's the new, or maybe not even new anymore, but it is the social media trend that I'm seeing a lot right now. It's the tortilla challenge, and I haven't done it yet myself. The gist of it is basically two people drink a sip of water, hold it in their mouths while they're holding a tortilla, and you try and smack the other person while not swallowing or spitting out the mouthful of water or whatever beverage that you have. And the real reason I wanted to bring this up is because Kaylee Chelios did an absolutely hilarious rendition of this with your sister, Kaylee. I watched it like on a loop. It was so funny. I was cracking up. Your mom makes a cameo appearance, I think, in the in the mm-hmm. tortilla challenge that you did. And so for me, um, I would say that, well, I guess I'll get your thoughts on this first, but what 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 made you want to do that? And, and I guess, uh, it, is there anything that I left out as far as the, the parameters of the tortilla challenge? No, I watched it and I laughed so much and I'd been dying to do it with my sister for so long and she finally came into town. And then we wanted to do it with my dad, but he was too difficult to track down. Like, 
He was foil boarding actually, like in the background, like where we were in the apartment. You could see him. Wait, like, what's foil boarding? Um, it's like surfing above water. If you can picture that, there's a big foil underneath the board, and it was like okay. super cold that day. My mom was already in a bad mood because she wanted to get stuff done, and he was basically swimming in the afternoon. And yeah, I mean, it's really funny. I'll say it doesn't hurt as bad as I thought it would. Although my sister slapped me so hard, the tortilla ripped in half. I would love to see you and Colby do it because sometimes it's a little I know weird. that's where he's going. I, I know. know I was gonna say going I, I did it. I think with a guy and a girl, it's a little awkward. How hard are you gonna slap the girl with the tortilla? So Chris and Colby or Carter, if you want to jump in there, I ten oh, out of ten <laughs> recommend trying it. It's pretty funny and did not disappoint. My mom was not entertained. She thought we were like four years old buying yeah, tortillas. I enjoy, he was chirping I enjoy the, tortillas he was chirping too much. To be a challenge. I well, would, I, I asked my mom. I asked my mom to buy the tortillas, and she's like, "I just bought, you know, organic <laughs> tortillas for you guys to do that." <laughs> but Only it was good. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to seeing you guys doing it on a road trip or at some point. <laughs> okay, well, right, I'm gonna Kaylee. keep my I'm gonna keep my response short and sweet. This is a chirp because <laughs> literally, that's what you're gonna do. You're gonna chirp people while they're doing this. So I'm going chirp. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Kaylee, what do you got for us this week? I was going to ask about the Bears Stadium being moved to Arlington Heights from Soldier Field. Um, my husband had played there before and played it like as a Packer in there, but he will say like it is the worst stadium as far as traffic. The field is terrible. Um, so he seemed really excited about Arlington Heights for Bears fans. Chris, I know you're not a Bears fan, um, I love Soldier oh, Field. <laughs> or I'm sorry. <laughs> well, now you need to elaborate, Kaylee. Tell Whoops. everybody who he is a fan. I mean, of. how could you be a Bears fan off the hop when you're from Wisconsin? But I have heard oh. that they kind of want to make it in Arlington Heights, like Title Town, maybe even more like Gillette Patriot Place. So I'm wondering, is Which it a is sellier? Incredible. A celly or a chirp as far as the location so close to the airport, potentially building a town around it and better facilities in that sense. Like, what do you guys think of it leaving? I think it's an iconic stadium, but I think a lot of people would say um, differently. I mean, it, it, it's hard to talk about this concisely, but I, I would say for me that it that it's a selly. I understand that Soldier Field is an iconic stadium in a gorgeous location. I mean, one of the most unique backdrops in the NFL with downtown Chicago on one side and Lake Michigan on the other. But I think from a business standpoint, there is so much upside to moving the Bears out to Arlington Heights where they can have you, – you, you can yeah build a, a Bears town – a weekend destination where people can go and hang out, eat, drink, party, have a great time, watch the Bears game. I, I think it would. There, there's a lot of potential to make that just a, like a slam dunk setup. The one, the one chirp that I have is for all the all the Bears. I, I hear this from Bears media members in particular who want an indoor stadium and you know complain about watching games in the cold and. For the San Francisco game week one, it was like, this is why we need an indoor stadium because it was rainy and sloppy at Soldier Field. And that's Bears football. You can't put a roof on, on the Bears stadium, I don't think, and still retain the the iconic Bears 
Monsters of the Midway, black and blue division type persona. So I think that there's something as a fan too, going to games at Lambeau Field throughout my life that you wear it as a badge of honor going to a cold weather game when it's you know a, a zero degree wind chill. I think that there's something. I think there's something about that. I think that's I, and I think Chicago needs to keep that element because then you've got three teams in the division that play indoors and it's the it's the most smash mouth division historically in the NFL. So uh, I hope that the Bears move to Arlington and I hope that they keep I hope they build an outdoor stadium. That's uh, <laughs> that's so I'm kind of on either side of the argument there. Chris wants his cake and he wants to eat it. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, we've seen we've already seen that this morning, so you know we're we're kind of used to that with him. But I, I would go with, I think it's it's a celebration, and and the reason for that being is, you know, these events are for two groups of people. They're for the fans and they're for the players. And if the players, you know, like Kaylee's husband, are are talking about the fact that it's a horrible place to play and the field is horrible, and the fans are complaining about the traffic and they're complaining about the conditions. To me, it sounds like it's a bit of a no-brainer. I mean, Patriot Place is incredible. There's shopping. There's bars. You know, you go there all day. You tailgate. You go to the game. You go to dinner. You buy your, um, you know, your merchandise. You can literally do everything. And so I think, you know, making it a better experience for the fans, if that's truly what they want, then, I mean, to me, it seems like it would be a great thing. And who knows? Maybe that leads to a second NFL team, you know, in, in, in Illinois. I mean, the other three biggest markets in the U.S. have multiple NFL teams in their state. Um, you know, New York has two in the city of New York. You've got L.A. with multiple now. I mean, so, I mean, there's no reason to me there couldn't even potentially be another team uh, if the league's looking to expand at some point if they do move down to Arlington. So I, I think it's a selly. I would love to see how Chicago divides of 100 years of Bears fans locally if a new team comes in the market. Who jumped ship? I don't They're know. They're pretty loyal. Would be interesting. They're pretty loyal. <laughs> They're very <It'd> be, loyal. <laughs> it's uh it's a bold uh, move to bring a new team into Chicago, knowing everything that the Bears have. But uh, it'd be fun. It'd be fun. Well, uh, that'll do it for for Selly and Chirps. Uh, great job, everyone. Uh, homework uh, A plus on the homework. No C's on the homework for this week. But uh, we'll C's move get right degrees, into it. Carter, don't forget that. <laughs> It's a mantra I that, that I lived by in school. You and me both, buddy. You and me both. Uh, we'll move right into it. Enough of us just going around the horn. Uh, Jack Johnson, a great conversation. Chris, I don't know if you want to tee this up at all, but uh, an in-depth sit-down with one of the newest Blackhawks, a guy who's been around, done it all, uh, won a cup last year, really reached the mountaintop there, but uh, an all-around uh, a great guy, right? Great guy. Really enjoyed getting to know him with our extended sit-down conversation that we had. Really excited for the fans to get to know Jack as well. Again, a, a silver stick 1,000-game NHL player, a Stanley Cup champion, a veteran voice that, that fits in with the Patrick Canes and Jonathan Taveses of the, of the locker room because of what he's accomplished in his career. Um, and also some really interesting things we learned about Jack off the ice as well, his likes and interests, what he did with the Stanley Cup on his Cup Day in, in, in Dublin, Ohio, where he currently lives with his wife and three kids. So really, really great stuff, and I think Blackhawks fans are going to enjoy cheering for Jack Johnson this season on the ice. We'll toss it now to uh, that conversation with Chris and Jack. 
Blackhawks Insider Podcast continues with Jack Johnson. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Year 17 for you in the National Hockey League. How's your first road trip going of the season? Uh, it's been great. It's been uh, pretty pretty unusual for it being the 17th season. <laughs> it sure has. Started with a bang. Of course, you won your first Stanley Cup in year 16 with the Colorado Avalanche. That's where the Hawks opened their season. And, I mean, even before the game, you were out for the ring ceremony. There was the banner-raising ceremony on the ice. And then a wonderful in-game tribute to you on the Jumbotron inside Ball Arena Take me through that whirlwind of a week. Oh, uh, man, it certainly was. And, uh, you know, before that, we even had the, the ring ceremony on Monday night, which I was uh, just lucky and fortunate that the, the way the schedule worked out, we were flying in that morning at practice, so I was able to join uh, the Avs team for the ring ceremony. My wife flew in to be a part of it, which was really special. Um, so, yeah, it's it was um, – really emotional couple days and uh you know i can't thank the abs and the blackhawks enough for uh you know allowing me to be a part of that uh i just feel you know uh extremely blessed and fortunate that that all worked out and uh you know like i said it was it was so you know whirlwind of emotions all great emotions you know not, nothing but fantastic memories of of my time there obviously and the bond i have with those guys after winning as you know i'm sure guys here have you know said in the past from from winning uh, you know, and then there's, you know, a little bit of a, um, closure really with the banner raising and everything like that. And then it's right away, you put your helmet on and you got to go play a hockey game in the meantime. So it, it was, um, definitely a, a first for me. Um, but it, it was an unbelievable experience, something I'll never forget. Are you carrying the ring around on this road trip with you? I mean, did you send it back <laughs> with your wife? No, she she didn't want that responsibility. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I either. <laughs> uh, so no, I I do have it with me. Um, I actually wore it to the game on Banner Night because I figured, you know, it's gonna be the only time you wear it to a game, and that's the one to do it. Uh, but then the, uh, the the equipment guys were kind enough to take it for me and package it up and make sure it stays safe instead of just leaving it in my hotel room. Do you have a place in your house set aside for, for trophies and, and career milestone memorabilia and things like that? You know, it's funny. Most of my memorabilia is in, the, in a storage room down in the basement. <laughs> so someday I'll pull it out for my, my kids when they don't believe me that, you know, dad, dad did something when he was younger. But uh, in terms of that ring, uh, you know, I'm sure my, my wife will figure out a place where to, where to keep that or display it. And that's not going to go in the storage room. Well, you mentioned the, the support that you got from, from the Avs and the Hawks, and there was some uncertainty, right, if you'd even be on the ice before the game in your Blackhawks sweater, of course, before the banner went up? Yeah, I'd, I had no idea uh, what, what the plan was. I, I was just assuming that I would you know, go out with the rest of the Blackhawks team and uh, you know, take, take a look at the banner once I got out there real quick. But uh, after pregame skate, um, the people organizing it with the Avalanche uh, came over and talked to me and told me what they, they'd like me to do. And um, even sitting on the bench, uh, when I went out for the start, there was a, um, a lady that works for the NHL. She had a headset on, and she told me where to sit. And then when the team started skating over for the banner raising, she you know, said, hey, go on out there. And I looked at her like, are, are you sure? Because <laughs> I was obviously in my full Hawks uniform. And uh, she radioed up real quick and then looked at me again, and she was like, yeah, go on out. And so I said, all right. So got out there. <laughs> and, and Jonathan Taves even offered to bring the rest of the Blackhawks out 
onto the bench, right? To to support as a show of support. If you had yeah. wanted that, that yeah, that's yeah, a cool gesture. yeah. No, that was that, that was awesome of him to to even ask. He he said to me before the game, "Would you like us to go out there so you're not sitting by yourself on the bench?" And um, you know, he obviously knows how meaningful that that moment yes. is. Uh, he's done it a few times and. Uh, you know, as, as much as I wholeheartedly appreciated that, I, I, I wanted the rest of the guys to, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure they would have rather sat in the room and gotten ready for the game. Um, so, you know, I, you know, deferred them to do that because I thought that was the best thing for the rest of the guys. And, uh, you know, but I, I couldn't be more appreciative of the support that, you know, my guys showed here in Chicago for me. And then you mentioned just how emotional it was in the first period when the game was actually going on, when they had that video tribute for you, it sounds like that surprised you a little bit. Had, had you ever felt that kind of way on a, on a sheet of ice playing a hockey game before? No, I mean, you know, even backing up before that, right before they raised the banner, they did a little quick review of the CEO recap of the season on a video. And I mean, I was getting emotional watching that too. Uh, you know, kind of getting, you know, eyes were watering up and then you go out and you watch the banner go up and then you skate over, put your helmet on, the puck drops and you're, <laughs> you're just trying to collect yourself. And, uh, and then I wasn't even thinking, uh, you know, all of a sudden they started playing the video in the middle of the first period. And, um, you know, it was like, Oh, here, here we go again. You know, I started getting emotional again. And, uh, but I mean, it was, it, again, I can't thank them enough. Uh, it, it's just one of the many long list of things that I have that I'm so appreciative of the, the, the abs organization and grateful and you know just feel really blessed and uh you know same thing i've had the same same amount of uh um appreciation for for the blackhawks organization how how tough was it to play in that game after that oh it's weird i mean it, it's it, <laughs> it, it, it's it's way different than uh from my experience of when you got traded or you signed somewhere else you, you line up and it you know wasn't that long ago that's the thing like you know we finished playing at the end of June. Uh, yeah. So it was like June 26th. Uh, so, you know, it still kind of feels like yesterday, but uh, it was the first time I've lined up and you look at the guy across from me that you got to compete against and you, you've honestly, you got nothing but love for the guy on the other side and you've, you've got that bond, you know, for forever. You, you walk together forever, you know, when you win a championship like that with, with a team. And uh, so, yeah, I, I was glad to get that one over with. And, you know, you do the ceremony, you raise the banner. It's a good way to, close that chapter and turn the page and um yeah I, I was honestly really excited to play last night it, it, it worked out for me personally I was really happy to have a back-to-back -back. you know go play against a team and an opponent that you genuinely don't like <laughs> so uh, the last 12 months you're, you're a humble guy but the last 12 months for you I mean you sign with the abs you score the abs first goal of the season by the way <laughs> last year against the Blackhawks you go on to play in your 1000th game on March 1st you win your first career Stanley Cup, and you complete your degree <laughs> at the University of Michigan. I yeah. mean, ha have you have you had time? Have you taken the time to reflect on all that's happened in your life in, in a short amount of time? Yeah, well, we had a few weeks once, uh, you know, after after my day with the Cup, we had a few weeks where everything kind of settled down, and uh, we, we could just relax. And uh, Yeah, I was uh, extremely proud of that year. I mean, my wife was... Uh, you know, talking me into, you know, you know, planting the seed of, Hey, are you sure you want to try and, you know, play again? I don't know how you're going to top last year, but, um, yeah, I, I was able to sit back and look at it, look at the whole year. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of it. Again, I feel very fortunate, really blessed that it, it all worked out. And, 
you know, I'm sitting here again, feeling very, very blessed and fortunate to be able to play again. What's motivating you at, at this point in your career? What what uh, accomplishments are are left to achieve? Uh, well, you know, it's funny. Once you win, you 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 in, enjoy it so much, and it's even more than you ever thought it would be. It just makes you want to do it again. Okay. And then, uh, to be honest with you, I still feel I physically still feel really good, and I still love the game. Uh, I, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I, I still love going to the rink. I still love playing hockey and. Uh, you know, I still feel like I've got the 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 fire in the off season to get back in the gym and enjoy the process. Uh, so all those things are still there for me. So um, there there was no reason for me to back down now. What, what's and have you figured out what your role is on this team yet? Obviously, still very early in the season, but you're joining a team composition wise that's pretty interesting. You've got other veterans like yourself. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, guys who have played in over a thousand games, who have won Stanley Cups. You've also got uh, some young guys in the locker room yeah. too that that maybe haven't even played a hundred NHL games. So you bring a lot to the table in terms of your your credibility in this league. How do you mesh sort of the gravitas that you have with with the existing leadership structure, but then also you know feel comfortable? finding out who you are on this team yeah no well I mean that's one of the great things about this team is you've you've already got the leaders you know I mean you, you got guys like Taser and Kane and you know Jonesy's established himself here as a leader and you know got you know Murphy have I, I've known him for a little bit being in Columbus and you know, so like you, you you've got great leaders already in place and uh you know coming in uh you know really I'm just just trying to be myself. I mean, you, know, you don't have to be anything uh, that that you aren't normally uh, in the room or on the ice, because you know that's it's not why they asked you to be here. So, um, you know, I try to try to be a you know a st- steady presence. Uh, you know, come to work every day, and uh, when the young guys are, are want to ask you a question, uh, you know, which happens pretty rarely. Uh, you know, pretty rarely, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, sometimes they're pretty shy to ask, you know, flat out questions. Okay. And uh, you know, there's there's plenty of coaches, so I think a lot of times you just need to be a friend and a teammate. And uh, these young kids are a lot more mature, I think, than uh, you know when when I was coming up. So they, you know, they don't need a whole lot of coaching from us as players, um, but they watch a lot. They're smart, uh, and and I think they pick up a lot of things just by watching you. All right, I, I do want to just ask briefly about your day with the Cup. I guess, you know, y- you did a, a lot in 24 hours. Yeah. So first of all, I understand that your kids, you made a, a pact with them that if you ever <laughs> won the Cup, you would take them out to ice cream and you would eat ice cream out of the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, was yeah. that you kind of throwing an idea out there? Was was ice cream something that they were adamant about? How did you settle on that as your Cup Day activity? Well, my my kids are we're we're a big ice cream family. You for, are for okay. des- for dessert, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> we try to keep it to uh, d- you know dessert on the weekends, and uh, you know my my oldest kids are uh, um, you know they they started to figure out you know what what you play for in the NHL, the Stanley Cup, and everything like that, and uh, it just came up you know one one weekend having dessert in the summer, and you know dad, if you win, uh, you know can we eat ice cream out of the cup? And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, so it was just really innocent and fun like that. And, you know, we promised. And then as we were playing for the Stanley Cup last year and started getting deeper in the playoffs, you know, they made sure they reminded me of the wanting to eat ice cream out of the Stanley <laughs> Cup. So, you know, we just, uh, you know, they, they didn't let me forget about that. So, you know, once we got it, 
you know, we, we, we had to keep that promise. So what's the scoop, no pun intended, yeah. on Dell's, where, where you took, that's actually where you got the ice yeah. cream? Yeah, no, that's just the, the, um, the local ice cream shop uh, in, the, in the area that we are that we, we frequent quite a bit. You know, we, uh, my wife and I get coffee from there in the okay. morning, and the kids get ice cream. And you know, if we don't have uh, a stash at the house, it's uh, um, pr- probably a mile drive up from the house. So it's, it's real easy to get to, and uh, we, we actually know the... Uh, the, the family that owns it and so I texted them ahead of time let them know it was gonna the cup was gonna be coming and uh, we're gonna need quite a few scoops to fill it up <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what flavor did you choose oh we just did chocolate my, my kids like just chocolate and vanilla it okay. was pre- pretty much a giant ice cream sundae okay yeah <laughs> and I mean you've got guys uh, cup handlers that are chaperoning the cup every yeah. step of the way now look you were actually pretty gentle on the cup compared to some of your former teammates. I mean, you didn't put a dent in it. You didn't drop it or anything like that. So <laughs> were, were the were the cup guys pretty cool with, with your rundown for the day? Oh, yeah. They were awesome. You, I mean, we, we gave them kind of an itinerary because uh, they, they, they wanted to know what to expect for their time going in. And, um, you know, I made sure everything we did, I ran it by them. It was just okay, including putting ice cream in the cup. You know, I want to say. Um, you know, trying to get the hot fudge out of the cracks and stuff was, was a challenge, but we took it in and, uh, washed it up, uh, as best we could. And, you know, they take it for the night and polish it up and get anything that we missed, but, uh, <laughs> they were awesome. I mean, honestly, I love part of the highlight of your, your cup day is sitting there and listening to the stories they have really about the cup and, um, you know, even pointing out some, some imperfections on it and, you know, the, the history behind it and the stories behind it are fascinating. Your, your three kids, uh, Jacqueline, Ty, and Tommy. Yes. Uh, I'm not missing anybody. No, okay. that's it. Uh, you also took your kids to get baptized in church from the Stanley Cup, <laughs> yeah. all three of them. And if, correct me if I'm wrong, but you had already scheduled their baptism, I mean, in advance, of course, and it just so happened to coincide with your day with the Cup. I mean, that's just... Oh, yeah. uh, that's that's destiny right there. Oh, yeah. You had to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. That that was scheduled probably six months in advance. Unreal. When, when we got the the, I, I got a couple dates for options of my day with the cup, and uh, that happened to be one of them. And we already had family flying in for the baptism, so we figured, well, let's just do the cup party that day. Everyone's already scheduled to fly in, and it it just you know again it just <laughs> just just worked out and i ended up getting the cup on on around noon on saturday because it was traveling and so to keep you know give you the full day with the cup they let me keep it till noon on sunday wow. so it was you know just in time for to take the kids to church with it god and the stanley cup man they work yeah. in mysterious ways oh yeah yeah i, I was a little hesitant <laughs> i it, i didn't want to ask the the pastor like hey can we you know baptize him out of the cup because i didn't i I didn't know if that was, you know, frowned upon or anything like that. And, um, you know, I, I ended up asking him, like, hey, is, you know, is it okay if I bring it in? And uh, he was like, yeah. And then he, he finally let out he's a huge hockey fan. And then he was like, he's, he offered to baptize the kids out of the cup. So it got me off the hook from actually having to ask. Perfect. He, yeah. And you can't say no to a pastor if, yeah. you're, the, if you're the Stanley yeah. Cup chaperones. Yeah, so, so thank you to Pastor Bruce. And I yeah. think you were the fourth guy to use the cup in a baptism ceremony. Yeah. So the precedent had already been yeah. set. Your, your in-laws, your extended family now, you, you've yeah. got some athletic ties uh, tell me a little bit about who you're related to, if you can, and, and uh, you know, just what it's like around the dinner table at Thanksgiving when you're swapping sports stories. Yeah, yeah. We, we have uh, quite a few athletes in the family. Um, so, yeah, my, my wife, Kelly, uh, her, her older brother is Brady Quinn. 
uh, former NFL quarterback and uh, quarterback at Notre Dame, uh, now doing the Fox Sports uh, Big Noon Kickoff yes. on the panel, uh, where most people probably see him now, and he's he's also doing radio. Uh, my wife's older sister, Laura, is married to AJ Hawk, uh, longtime linebacker in the NFL, and you know, great Ohio State linebacker. Uh, Brady's uh, wife, Alicia. Um, uh, Alicia Sacramone, uh, now Alicia Quinn, uh, former uh, Olympic gymnast, uh, you know, won Olympic silver medal, uh, one of the greats of all time. And, uh, you know, we, we have so many other relatives in the family that played at least Division One college soccer. I mean, my, my, my wife was an All-American at the University of Virginia playing soccer. And so kind of the, the um, we, we joke that the, the prereq to get into the family is you you had to play d1 sports okay so yeah i mean all <laughs> all the uncles you know they played d1 football at brown kentucky uh you know i mean the the list goes on and on so so michigan your alma mater uh, yeah. plays a lot on big noon kickoff for fox so i mean yeah. are, are you texting brady and just being like giving him you know the lowdown like i want you to pick the wolverines like, <laughs> no stuff like no that. i don't i don't talk to him too much about that um I mean, those those two played football at the, the the highest level you possibly can. So I, I usually don't talk too much football. I'll, I'll ask dumb questions because I'm just a casual fan. But um, you know, I, I also don't act like I was I was I, I was in the fight or you know on the field or anything like that. So I, I stay clear of that. Very modest of you, but you yeah. you gotta talk football with AJ Hawk, right? He went to Ohio State. I mean, yeah. come on, what what's uh, what's that relationship dynamic like between the two of you? I, honestly, we we have a great relationship. I th I think you have to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean I don't. We we don't. Uh, with the, I mean, you know, the, the three of us between Notre Dame, Michigan, and Ohio State. I mean, you know, neither school likes the other school, right? Um, you know, but it's. Uh, um, I think that we have a tremendous amount of respect for each other and what we did. I mean, you know, both those guys played football. at you know, I mean, you can't play at bigger programs. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to play hockey at Michigan. It's the most winning college hockey program in the country. So you can't, you, you know, I think, I think that we have nothing but respect for each other and what we did. And, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're brothers and we all love each other and support each other. And, uh, you know, when Notre Dame's not playing Michigan, I'll wear my Notre Dame t-shirt. Okay. okay. Um, you know, I, I, I haven't gone out and bought an Ohio state shirt yet, but, uh, you know, I've, I, I, nothing but love and support for AJ as well. And I know he's got a Super Bowl ring, but yeah. I, I saw your Stanley Cup ring. I, I think that one might be a little bigger than than his Super Bowl rings. I think maybe a few more diamonds on it. I mean, that was a rock. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's just because of you know, time, you know, sure, just, just just the way time goes, right? Like every every year, you know, wh whoever wins with next year is going to have a bigger one than yeah. this year. It's just just the way it goes, but. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's cool. I mean, to, I, I got to see his Super Bowl ring I think twice, and you know he doesn't bring it out much, obviously, but uh, it's 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 pretty amazing. He was with you on your Cup Day, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We we took a really cool picture. Uh, I, I I can't remember who, whose idea it was, but uh, we took a picture with kind of all the the major awards. Brady had his his Johnny Unitas and his Maxwell, and Alicia had her Olympic medal. Uh, AJ had his um, Super Bowl ring, and um, I think 
I think his Lombardi trophy was out of commission because he put it in his boys' rooms, and I think they've probably trashed it already. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and then we, we had the cup there, and I had my Olympic medal. So it, it was a really cool photo of the family and the, all the awards. That is, that is amazing. Yeah. And uh, don't let me forget about your brother who played at Penn State, correct? He's, he's still at still Penn there. State. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's still at Penn State. He's a senior right now at Penn State. Have you gotten to a game at, at Pagula Arena, by the way? I have played actually at Pagula. Oh, you have. Yeah, okay. I played an exhibition game at Pagula Arena with the Penguins. It was between uh, Pittsburgh and, and Buffalo, and he was at the game. So it, it was funny. I, I I actually played there before he did. No way. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I I have not been to a game to watch him at Pagula. Just unfortunately, we're both playing hockey at the same time. But I plan on going to. Uh, he, he actually has a game in Columbus when we're on break, and uh, I plan on going to watch him then. That's awesome. Yeah. I, at Pagula Arena, that, that, he's in a great spot. That's oh, a great program. I mean, they've got a great student section there. That's, that's a, a great place to, to watch and play hockey. That's oh, really yeah. cool. I, I was knocked out about the, the, their facilities and the, the rink there. He's, he's in a phenomenal spot. So you're a Midwest guy, uh, grew up in Michigan. You live outside Columbus now. What do you think about Chicago? How, how are you settling into uh, another Midwestern city? Oh, that's great. I, I love the Midwest. Um, you know, that's, that, that's home for me. And, uh, Chicago, I mean, it's one of the great cities in, you know, North America. Um, it's, it's been, you know, uh, nice being really close to home as well. Um, you know, I've, I've had a couple off days where I've even just gone back to Columbus for the off day. Cause great. It's, it's such an easy, uh, flight, get in and out. And then even on the way back, you know, if you, if you take off at eight o'clock at night, you land at eight o'clock. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's been great. I'm still learning my way around, especially, you know, during camp, you, you, you get home kind of later in the afternoon because you're, you're there for a while and getting ready for the season. So when you get home, you kind of just want to sit on the couch and uh, next thing you know, it's dinner time. So I, I haven't done as much exploring as I want to do, but I definitely plan on doing that. You know, and, and I, when you said that you're a big ice cream guy, uh, I was <laughs> racking my brain because I honestly don't think I've found a go-to ice cream spot in, in Chicago. Uh, have you, so I'm, you know, it's getting cold now too, but have you made yeah, any yeah. kind of headway there? No, or? no, 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 no. I don't want you to think I'm eating ice cream every night, but I do, I do enjoy ice cream. That's probably my, my, my weak spot. So I can, I can walk by baked goods all day. I don't, you know, I can walk by cookies and cake all the time without touching it. Is, is chocolate your favorite flavor of ice cream? Ooh, I, you know what? I like a good, like, I, I actually like milkshakes. Milkshakes. Big milkshake guy. Yeah. Okay, that's good yeah. to know. So you're not the guy, like, when you go into the grocery store, you're not the guy that's walking out with, like, the pail of ice cream, you know, with, like, the handle, like, the one gallon? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. No, no, no. No, I did get a, uh, from my, <laughs> my, my mother-in-law for a Christmas gift. It was one of my best Christmas gifts. She got me, a, like, a milkshake machine, too. Cool. Like, you know, make my own milkshakes at home, so. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, have you found a coffee shop, at least? Uh, no, you know, I, I usually, uh, make my own coffee in the morning. Really? I make my own pot of coffee. Yeah. We talking like French press or, uh, just Ooh, like, a, when I'm at home, yes, my, my wife does French press, Okay. which is top notch. Okay. But no, I'm by myself. Uh, if it's just me and I'm kind of like bachelor living for the day, it's you know, maybe a Keurig or okay. you know, if, if, if it's an off day, then I'll make a pot, uh, but just regular, <laughs> you know, grind the beans and make a pot of coffee. Black, cream sugar. If it's an off day, I'll go cream sugar. Uh, every other day, I just go black. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. I, I think the balance is good. You know, you can yeah. enjoy coffee a lot of different ways. I, I'm a huge coffee fan as well. Um, all right. Wrapping up here, and, and I know you have some interests off the ice also. Uh, you're a big 
theater goer, musical fan Man, specifically, you really, you right? Really did your homework. We've got. How did you even find that out? We're the we're the we're the Blackhawks, and, and we've got connections, man. We we like, we had to on. dig up some stuff on you. I'm oh, sorry, man. Uh, yeah, no, I, I actually do enjoy going to the theater. Uh, um, you know, like a good day night for me is take my wife to you know dinner and theater. Uh, you know, whenever we can. It's tough with you know three kids. Sure. I find a babysitter to do it, but. Um, yeah, it's uh, one of the things that you know. Obviously, I don't uh, don't promote it uh, very much, but I, I do enjoy it. Um, try try to make it to a lot of the the classical shows. Um, you know, the the ones that have kind of stood the test of time. Sure. And, uh, go see them on Broadway or somewhere where it's uh, you know as good as it gets. And uh, yeah, I do enjoy it. I'm right there with you, man. I I'm, <laughs> I love musicals as well, and I think Broadway is top notch. And look, uh, Chicago has got a great theater scene too. So if, if your yeah. wife's in town and you're trying to do the dinner and a show thing, you can do that in Chicago. I think Wicked is just opened up for a for another run again in Chicago. So, have you seen that one? No, but I actually I saw um, Beauty and the Beast. Actually, uh, God, this this was years ago, probably five six years ago with uh, with with one of you know an, another couple. We did. Uh, a double date uh, in Chicago to go see Beauty and the Beast. So I, I have been to theater in Chicago. It was awesome. So you mentioned some of the classics, though. Like, yeah. just give me a give me a yes or no here. Phantom of the Opera. Yes, I've I've seen that one several times. Lion King. Yep. Uh, Les Mis. No, I've I. Well, actually, I take that back. I have seen it. Okay. I have seen it. Uh, what about Hamilton? Nope. I haven't seen you Hamilton should see yet. Hamilton. Hamilton's yeah. pretty epic. You know, it's a, yeah. I know a more recent one, but uh, what what am I missing? Rent? Um, no, actually. Well, so two years uh, right before COVID hit, I saw uh, To Kill a Mockingbird uh, in on Broadway, and I qu- quickly got a ticket uh, when we were in New York because Ed Ed Harris was playing oh, wow. star in it, oh, and wow. I just wanted to see him on stage. So um, it, that that was phenomenal. Um, Mamma Mia. Okay, classic. <laughs> classic. It's hard not to, yeah, like the, every song kind of gets stuck in your head with that one. Jersey Boys is another good one, too. So are you, do you have, like, musicals on your Spotify playlist? No, I don't, actually. Okay. I don't. I don't. But uh, the, the one I've seen the most by far is Phantom. Okay, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think I've seen that in, gosh, Los Angeles, Detroit. No way. New York, Toronto. Um, where else? Vegas. Okay. Yeah. That one really, that one really gets you, huh? Yeah. Gets you your feelings it's a, it's a, it's a little a good bit. One, it's, a, it's amazing. I feel like I end up, you know, you're halfway through it, you're pulling for the Phantom every time, and you keep <laughs> thinking this is the he, he's he's gonna get it this time. <laughs> I love that. I love that. What uh, what kind of music do you like, just generally speaking? Uh, man, it's kind of depends on the day, depends on the weather. Okay. Uh, you know, summer driving my truck around Columbus, Ohio. It's country music. Okay. Um, man, I like, uh, I just went to a Dermot Kennedy concert, uh, about a month and a half ago. So I've been kind of, um, listening to a lot of Dermot Kennedy lately. Um, are you, so this is what I really want to know. Are you a Jack Johnson fan? (laughs) Have you heard of Jack Johnson? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How many times have you been asked that question? <laughs> oh, too many. Too many. I'm sorry. I thought <laughs> I thought that was going to be the most original thing I asked you. Gosh darn it! Is that is that kind of, you kind of vibe with that sort of music? Like you know the surfer sort of uh, acoustic vibe? Or yeah, that... yeah. Again, it kind of depends on the on the on the day. I mean, I like everything from like Imagine Dragons to okay. country music to 
You you probably listen. So, just just be honest. You sometimes probably, I'll listen to like ACDC you know, or something. Okay. You know, whatever. It just depends on what's what's going on. Do you do you hate Jack Johnson, the artist, simply because you've gotten asked so many questions? Oh no, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't say that much. But I used to, you know, I'd give like the old Office space lines of you know, say, "What's your favorite song?" or something. I'd say, "I guess I just like them all." <laughs> <You know? laughs> nice, nice, very very well played. Yeah. Well, listen, this has been a ton of fun. Uh, thanks so much for, for spending some time on your off day with us on the Blackhawks Insider Podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, again, welcome to Chicago. It's great to have you. Uh, I really appreciate how cool you've been with me just coming into the locker room and stuff. You've always been super nice and friendly and, uh, you know, been willing to talk to me. So uh, it's great to have you and looking forward to the rest of the season. We appreciate it. Thanks, man. Me too. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, that was great stuff from Jack Johnson. Phantom of the Opera, really interesting that that's his favorite musical. And it's a great one. I got to agree with him on that. It's time for our next segment of the show, and that is Line Changes with my guy Joe Brand from WGN, host of the Blackhawks pregame and postgame show, and also Blackhawks Live, which you can hear on WGN Mondays at 7. Joe, what's up, man? Uh, we got the first week of the NHL season under the books, and... How did it treat you? Any knee-jerk reactions from week one of the season? Yeah, definitely. And also, Chris, thank you for not asking me my favorite musical. I don't think I'd have an answer <laughs> prepped up for that. Uh, the one thing we didn't get to last week that I, I did want to bring up was the idea of Detroit making the playoffs. They got a good young team, new first-year head coach, and got off, or rather got to a, a pretty good ending of their season last year. And that's carried over into the beginning of this year. So last week, they were a plus 280 to make the playoffs. That's already moved to plus 200 in just one week. Obviously, a 2-0-1 start. They had a loss in overtime to the LA Kings on Monday night, but wins against Montreal, the New Jersey Devils. A goal differential of plus 5. So they're off to a pretty good start. That's tied for fourth best in the NHL. So something to look at. I know they're playing the Hawks on Friday. It's Detroit. It's literally Detroit sucks week. But something to keep in mind for the entire year of Detroit making the playoffs. The one I did point out, which hasn't been doing too great actually, is Minnesota to win the Central. Again, I prefaced that with their first five games against tough opponents. There's still only three games in. They're 0-3. That has already moved for them to win the Central from plus 400 to plus 500. So their next 10 games that are coming up... Still a couple of good opponents, but then their season falters off a little bit. They play Montreal twice, Seattle twice. They do play the Hawks. They're playing San Jose. So if you were high on Minnesota heading into this year, this might be an opportunity to still pounce on it. But I understand if you want to stay away from it as well. Got to get that goaltending figured out. Uh, that that yeah. gamble, that those off-season maneuverings for Minnesota in terms of its goalie situation, they haven't paid off early, that's for sure. Really interesting development to start the season. What about from an individual standpoint when you look at Blackhawks players? Um, and I got to ask, anything interesting out there involving Jason Dickinson? I mean, what a what a debut that he had for the Blackhawks. Three points, two assists, and a goal in his first Blackhawks game. I don't even know if there would have been anything that you could bet on for Jason Dickinson going into that game. <laughs> yeah, you might have had to create your own bet for that. But uh, what? wow, <laughs> what, what a turnout, what a performance, what a cool story too. You know, somebody that was struggling offensively last year in Vancouver and then just explodes in game one with the Hawks with shorthanded uh, nonetheless. But uh, yeah, I mean, with the game not until Friday, we don't have the exact lines or, or any payouts just yet. But I, I wouldn't go against maybe looking at a Jason Dickinson point. 
Uh, it should be rocking and rolling at the United Center. Finally, after the Blackhawks had to go through so many ceremonies, home openers, celebrations, whatever, on the road, now they finally get to do it for themselves at the United Center. Should be another fun time for opening night. Uh, if you are looking at some specific players to score, here's what we did last week. There was a payout for Tyler Johnson in the Vegas game for plus 410. What does he do? He goes off the crossbar. He has two shots on goal. He was so close to hitting that payout. Uh, I just like the way his line was skating with uh, Jonathan Taves and Taylor Radish. They were putting the most offensive pressure in the Colorado game. Unfortunately, they got shut out by Vegas. But then the following night, the Taylor Radish payout was plus 380. I got to give credit to my producer at WGN, Jimmy Nash. He said that right at the beginning of the game. I really didn't think it was a great bet. Turned out to be an amazing bet and a very exciting breakaway play. Uh, so he nailed it. Moral of the story is if you are going to the game or if you're just intently watching these Blackhawks games and you're betting, I'm not saying to bet if you're going to the game, but if you are betting and you're going to the game, it is fun to throw money on a specific score because you can pay a lot of attention to what's going on offensively. And I would recommend that second line still. If it stays the same with Taylor Radish and Jonathan Taves and Tyler Johnson, all those guys are getting off to a good start. It just overall enhances your viewing experience. So I would go with that. But the other point I want to pull out, Chris, Patrick Kane, in 15 home openers of his entire career, he has scored 20 points in each home opener. There's only been two games where he has not scored a point. Eight goals, 12 assists through 15 home openers. Three openers of that pass against the Detroit Red Wings. At least one point in each of those games. One goal, three assists. So it might finally be time for Showtime to perform at the United Center on Friday. Well, that's that's great stuff, Joe, especially with Patrick Kane on opening night. And no goals through his first three games. You know, you can't keep him off the off the scoreboard forever. So that's uh, that, I really like that opportunity for fans and and betters alike to get in on on Patrick Kane. So great stuff, Joe. As always, looking forward to opening night, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good, bud. See you then. All right, he's Joe Brand of Line Changes. Carter, back to you. That will do it for this week's episode. A big thank you to Jack Johnson for joining us today, as well as WGN Radio's Joe Brand for his segments. Also, a special thank you to Brad Dollar and Southside Jake for mixing our music that you heard throughout the show today, a custom track they mixed just for our use this season. So a big thank you to them. For Chris Foster's Kaylee Chelios and Colby Cohen, I'm Carter Baum. We'll see you next time on Blackhawks Insider, presented by Chevy Drive Chicago Drive with Kane and Taves Drive.